The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. Gibbs White! Hello and welcome to Pod 5 Series 2 of Red Side of the Trent. I'm your host, Christian Brown. And as always, I'm joined by Reese Lane, Adam Wicklow and Lee Clark. Uh, we come to you after Forrest drew one all at Everton, which is their first away point in the season, which leaves Reds with four points for three games, which they won one, lost one, drawn one, which is, generally speaking, mid-table. We can continue that over the next 35 games. I think most Red fans will be pretty happy with where we end up. But um, yeah, obviously, Everton, a lot has also happened in the week which we'll come on to in due course. It's been one of the most uh, remarkable weeks of supporting Forest I can remember in a long time, where it just seemed like everything's just gone from one batshit mental extreme to another very quickly. And then we had a football game in between as well. So we'll cover all of that in due course, but we will start with the Emerson game. And Reese, I know it was your first trip to Goodson Park, lovely ground, fantastic venue. But um, it seemed with Forest that much like the Newcastle game, it was a very slow start again and you know it it sort of seemed like for the first 15 minutes that Forrest are basically asking the referee they could have another ball to play with because they couldn't get the one back off Everton um how did you see the start of the game um I think you're going to get like to be honest away from home most teams well you'd expect really every team at home being obviously in front of the home crowd are probably going to come out of the blocks quickly especially against you know with respect towards the side who's just come out of the championship and obviously, as well, Everton are under pressure because they've not won yet still. Um, but, yeah, they they did start well. They allowed Forrest and Anthony Gordon a bit too much space for me. But after that, you know, really, you know, decent start from Everton. But they allowed us to get more on the ball and didn't really do what Newcastle did. And that's press us and make it difficult to really play. And once we got a foothold on the ball, we was a lot better and we was a lot more in the game. Um, you know, as I'm sure we'll come on to later on in the game, but for me, we pretty much executed what I expected, which was to keep it tight and pretty much keep the score at nil-nil. And then when the crowd did get a little bit frustrated, pretty much um, a few minutes after that, we got the goal. So it was almost the perfect away performance for us. Yeah, it always was. I mean, to be fair, like like I said, like, as we said in our predictions, we can keep the like the quiet, the, the crowd frustrated, and even around the hour mark, we'll just grow into the game that plays in our benefit. Lo and behold, it turned out. But unlike the Newcastle game, Adam, which was very pleasing and shows that we've learned, okay, admittedly Everton aren't as good as Newcastle, but still the, the way we approach things has to be the same, regardless of we're playing Man City or Grimsby or whoever else. And unlike um, the Newcastle game, like as Reece just touched upon, Forrest did get back into the game and they started working Pickford which was good. Obviously, Neko Williams forced a really good save from him. 
uh, Tyler Awadi had a fairly decent chance after Johnson won the ball high up the pitch. It looked like, you know, much more of what we were used to last season compared to what we got from Newcastle. So to show that level of growth after just well, two away, one away game, that's got to be quite you know, something to take a lot of heart from. Yeah, definitely. I think Steve Cooper wasn't happy with the performance at Newcastle and knows that we're capable of a lot more. And we obviously showcased that yesterday. We have to just believe in ourselves a little bit more. Obviously, I think teams are going to kind of come at us early doors. Like, like you said, when they're at home, they're the home team. The, the onus is on them to take the game by the scruff of the neck, as it were. And I think majority of the season, it's going to be us riding a little bit of a storm. And then once we can start putting the foot on the ball and calming things down and getting players into, into the game, then then that's when we can grow into it. And, and yesterday was was brilliant. Obviously, we started having chances on the break and our, our block is really good up top. Johnson's really good at closing the gaps in, in, in those short spaces where the ball goes out to the fullback. He gets away, he gets across quite quickly. It's just, we're just not quite having the cutting edge. It seems like one needs a little bit unsure sometimes and maybe his final ball isn't quite there yet to to give players in. But I think players are still learning each other. I think Lingard's still learning about what people can do, what their pace is like it, it, within game. And it's, it is tricky to get used to, obviously, with so many new faces, but it will come. There's promising signs there, for sure. Definitely. I think one of the things that I said from it was someone um, said, like, you know, as mentioned earlier, obviously, we've won one, draw one, lost one for the first three games. That Over the course of the season, that is mid-table form. And the fact that we're doing that or getting achieving mid-table form with, you know, realistically, I know we had, like, uh, the athletics have been the four part of start of the season, for example, primarily because of what's coming next. But, um, but I mean, to be in a position where we're gelling a team and still getting results, I think you know, we can take a lot of heart from that because it, like, there will come a time where it does click into place and we will be, be much, much better for that as a result. So I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, Lee, one thing that seems to stem the game in our favour was when uh, Ryan Yates and Morgan Gibbs White came on. Uh, obviously, the pitch for their first appearance in a Forest shirt this season. Uh, obviously, Cooper said that in Gibbs White, especially, that he felt that having him on the pitch and the way he plays allowed other space that he saw available then become active for Forest. And it looked like we gained more of a foothold in the game with those two on the pitch. How do you think they both played on uh, Gate Everton? Yeah, I mean, going with Gibbs White first, I mean, he does, he is very busy. As much as he plays as a number 10, one thing I do like about him is he, he puts himself about and if the ball isn't coming to him, he does go into areas where he thinks he can get on it. Um, and I think, I think the word I thought that about his performance was he, he had almost like an air of arrogance about it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that attacking players need to be brave in the sense of, they need to realise that they're going to lose the ball sometimes because they're constantly trying to make things happen. Uh, a bit like we said with Zinkanal last year, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, the moment where he just skinned the Everton defender, I'm not sure who it was. I mean, that was a, a glimpse of what's to come, I guess, because he just loves to get on the ball and he just loves to make things happen. Um, obviously, it's not going to happen all the time for him, but I think throughout the first, probably, probably the first hour, uh, before he came on, really, we were lacking a bit of bravery, and I think we just needed someone to maybe put their foot on the ball, or, or actually just try and attack the Everton defence as such. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good start, and I think I'd leave it at that. It was good. It was for a substitute. You you came on and did everything you kind of expect he would. But like I say, I think the most pleasing aspect for me was that he's not afraid to kind of go searching for the ball. He won't just sit in that number ten and kind of 
sulk if it's not if the ball's not coming to him. Um, and as for Yates, I guess I, I guess I'd say the same. I think he came on and um, he, he did his job pretty well um, in terms of getting us on the ball in the final third. And we know that he likes to get into that box to box, the further forward aspect of the box to box role. So um, obviously he had the shot that led to the goal. Um, I guess what the, the big challenge for Yates is going to be how he copes in the Premier League doing the job that he's actually on the pitch for without the ball, I guess, breaking things up. Will games pass him by a little bit? Will certain players pass him by a bit? Probably because it's the Premier League. There's going to be He's going to come up against players where he's just going to have to admit that they are better than him. But as we know, one thing that Ryan Yates never lacks is his heart and... Like we've always said, we, we wish they all cared as much as Ryan Yates and, and even Joe Worrell in that sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, he was good. I don't think one thing I'd like to see with Forest fans is a bit of middle ground. I think one good pass doesn't make you amazing and one bad thing doesn't make you not good enough to ever wear a Premier League shirt. So I'm going to kind of sit in the middle and bring a bit of balance to it and say it was it was a, it was a good cameo from both of them. But, you know, let, let's just... Words like superb and class, and for either of them, it was a bit. It's a bit too far. I mean, it's great to see these players step up and do things in the Premier League, but you know, it was. They both probably did things when they came on that they'll look at and assess today or tomorrow or whenever, and say, you know, I could have done that a bit better, and I was a bit panicky in possession there. So, yeah, it, it was. A, it was a good appearance for both of them. It's a strong foundation to build on, and of course, yeah, it's, it's important to have that middle ground balance as well. Obviously, yes, yeah, so there was a lot of back and forth in the game. Obviously, it wasn't just Forrest, you know, digging in and getting a foothold. Obviously, like, we did have to make quite a lot of saves. Everton, while they didn't really create anything drastically of note, they did obviously test Henderson. There was a free kick, which, you know, he always had to be alert to stop. There was a few smart saves from Gordon. But uh, it's like, you know, it's a good, 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 solid Barclays game, really, you know, back and forth. And But eventually, though, um, really good passing move out from the back race with uh, Yates and Lingard at the heart of it. And then obviously Lingard plays in Toffolo, comes back to Lingard, Lingard gives it to Yates, Yates shoots and Johnson scores. Um, what was pleasing me is that, again, I know Everton aren't as good as Newcastle, but the fact that we can still play our football and show with the team gelling that we can actually, you know, when we can, put together a move of that quality, that was you know, really pleasing to see for me. Yeah, there's some, there some good passages in the game, I think, as there has been in the West Ham game as well. Uh, there was the the one at Newcastle as well, wanted to be fair, where we got Lingard in, O'Brien got Lingard in. So it is going to be, you know, a bit of work in progress. Um, it's going to be very tough because obviously the next two games against the top six sides who wanted guaranteed to finish in the top four, probably going to win the league. So that's going to be tough and another test for us. But yeah, we played some decent stuff yesterday. Toffolo, to be fair to him, he had a bit of a shaky first game, but last couple of games he's been very good. Prove that he can do it at this level over the last couple of games. And going on to the goal, it was patient build-up play. And fair play to Ryan Yates because I know he's got the shot away, which is a good effort, but he's like sidestepped away from a Wobie to get the shot away. Maybe Pickford make a decent save. Could Pickford have parried it away a bit more, possibly. But then Brennan Johnson, brilliant finish, composed. I mean, from the away end, for those that did go yesterday, it was very level with a pitch so it did look like it was going wide but so to see the net ripple that was a brilliant finish and it wrong footed Pickford as well Pickford expecting to go near post and he put it across him and he had no chance and like I said in the last comment it was 
for 82 minutes. It was a perfect away performance. And then the only disappointment for me, because I am being greedy now, is I just thought it went into a shell a little bit once we scored, which I guess is a bit natural because of how late in the game it was. But I just felt that Everton's pride had turned a little bit then and we had that upper hand. And I thought we could have seen the game out. So I am not going to say gutter, but a tad disappointed we didn't win because I thought it was a game we could win yesterday because I know we can, we've got the quality to beat Everton. But in hindsight, you'd have to say an away point is decent for a newly promoted side. But being greedy, I'm, when we did score in the game, a little disappointed we didn't see it out. And Ryan Yates and Steve Cooper echoed that in their post-match interviews, to be fair. No, it's very true. I mean, like to be fair, if you take the lead in the 82nd minute, you kind of expect to see that game out. And um, it's a bit unfortunate we couldn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah, it's, it is a bit annoying. I mean, like, but again, it's a sign of, sign of how far we've come. I mean, a year ago today, as I was just talking to Adam before we started. Stoke, Stoke away, didn't have a single shot on target. And fast forward 12 months and we're disappointed that we haven't won at Everton. Like, it's, you know, obviously there has to be a, bit, a fair bit of moderation with this as well. But yeah, it's a bit annoying, but I think be on end, though, it's a good point. And I think that it's a point that hurts Everton more than is us. I mean, they like like you said before this pod, Reese, like any team playing Forest will look at that and think, right, we've got to win this three points. But considering Everton are likely to be around us come the end of the season, they'll be looking at that and think, we really need to win that game. Like, that's that's a really... That's yeah, a really- at home, as, at home, away from home for us as well, yeah. And, you know, they haven't won yet, so they're looking as if you think, all oh, Forest at home... Is that as first win? Probably on paper that yeah. not expect, but you know, as like the bookies are to show Everton were under evens, for example, yesterday. So exactly, yeah. yeah. But um, as, as we touched properly, we, we went from Adam the um, sublime to the ridiculous as the goal we conceded was frankly comical. I mean, it was a goal that we'd have been absolutely fucking furious about conceding in the Championship, let alone in the Premier League. Which is something that Cooper touched upon as well. I don't know how the back line just switched off like that to allow one simple long ball to get in over the top to let Gray go in one-on-one. Um, I mean, <laughs> a bit of a clusterfuck, really. Um, what was your take on the goal? I think I would have been gutted to concede that goal at Sunday League. So <laughs> just just to reiterate, obviously, like what Cooper and Yates said, it's it's got her in to, to concede it. And it's a great run from Damari Gray to come off Nico Williams and, and Joe Worrell but I don't know what the, why such a high line there anyway when you're trying to see out a game and we've already brought Kayate on at the time to kind of see things out and it's it's a tough one to take but fair play to Damari Gray he's finished it off really well he's gave Henderson absolutely no chance who's then gone on to save us afterwards I'm sure we're going to touch on on the Worrell clusterfuck of yesterday as says he's already been so heavily criticised by the Forest fan base and written off so it's a tough one, but when you look at the first five games of the season, and I know we've not played Spurs and City, so you can never say never, but you take four points from those five games, and I'm sure that was possibly the sort of target we was going for. But Cooper's changed our mentality completely because as a fan base and as a team, we're, we're pretty good with that. We're, we're going for wins and not, not just taking points away in the Premier League, and that says a lot really about the transition we've had in the last 10 to 12 months, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and like like I said, you know, the fact we're coming away from Goodison Park being upset we haven't won is like testament to the job Cooper's done, really, because that's surreal, really, given everything else. Um, and then Lee, right at the end, it did almost seem as if, as Reese just touched on Forest, sort of reverted to that old DNA of sorts and very nearly conspired to throw it away. 
with um, Dean Henderson making a brilliant stop from Anthony Gordon. Very quick off his line. I felt to deal with danger as well. Uh, how did you, uh, how, what was your heart rate like when that ball sort of like went back into Gordon and when Henderson came running out? And uh, did you think that he had, do you think it was in the back of the net? Do you think he had a chance of saving it? Well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, my view, my view at Everton was absolutely shocking. I had, <laughs> I was like right in the front and um, right to the side where the, the big screen and the Everton fans were. So um, I was actually, the net where Johnson scored, I was actually looking at through another black net that they put to kind of stop supporters throwing things at each other and that sort of stuff. So um, I actually thought when Ryan Yates kicked it, because I think it's Yates who kicks it in the middle of the park, I actually thought it was going just straight up in the air. I didn't realise it was actually going closer to, to Worrell and he needed to make, you know, do something with it. Um, and then when Worrell headed it and he clearly didn't know that Gordon was there, I thought, oh, here we go. This is this is Toby Figueroa's stuff from two years ago. Um, but yeah, it was a good save. It's funny because I just said to my mate at the time, one thing that impresses me with Henderson is how well he reads the game. You, he's got that elite... Um, understanding, I think, of just knowing where the ball's going to be and seeing things before they've happened. And I think that's such a useful trait for goalkeepers in the modern game. So, yeah, it was a good save. Um, but I've got to be honest, given how Gordon's finishing had been all day, I, I didn't really have it, any doubt in my mind that Henderson would save it, to be honest. That's fair enough. It did seem a bit ropey of Gordon, like you get into good positions, but that's clearly lacking that final, final part. But I'm sure that'll come in time. He's only still very young, so... But um, whether that's ever still Chelsea's other matter, but obviously that's not really our concern. But yeah, obviously we'll look at uh, some of the players or players of note, player performances of note. And um, as Adam just touched upon earlier, Reese, we have to start with Joe Morrill, really. I mean, um, she's copped a lot of criticism, um, mostly just for what it's worth. I mean, um, I, w- I don't know if I go as far as saying that he's written off completely at Premier League level, but he yeah, was absolutely abysmal yesterday. Um, I mean, if you look, at, uh, there was just so many instances. I mean, getting tangled up with Gordon from the get-go, getting booked so early again, like I did at Newcastle. There was the header that he nodded into Gordon's path, I think it was, which was complete suicide. Shanked that clearance in for, out for a throw-in. Like, obviously, you know, ball-watching for their goal. And, you know, again, the fuck up at the end, I'll say, okay, fair enough. Yates has kicked back to Henderson is shocking. But Worrell should deal with it so much better than he does. And, like, I think what is surprising is that this is very uncharacteristic of him because when normally whenever Worrell does something bad, because no no player is, like, perfect, but it's normally, like, one mistake. And, like like Adam maybe touched on earlier, maybe Spence was on hand to bail out more of these that we might maybe not have, like, sort of just brushed under the carpet because it wasn't sort of dealt with. But... Reece, he can't defend like that in the Premier League because we will get exposed and you know wingers will target him like Gordon's at Maxman did and he'll get he'll just keep getting booked and you know he'll keep putting us in bad positions. Um, what did you think of his display yesterday? Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just come on here and slate the guy. They're probably gonna the problem for Joe is he's probably took on a lot more pressure because he's a captain now as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, as a Nottingham lad, it's his first time back in the Premier League in 23 years. That pressure is probably heightened on him a lot. And he's, you know, in his own mind, he's got to perform under that pressure um, as captain and as a Premier League centre-back. I do agree with you, Christian, in the sense that this is, and Williams as well, as much as Williams has been superb going forward, them two have been booked, I think, now after half an hour, both away games. Mm. 
And that is a little bit of a concern, bearing in mind you're going to have young men's son running at you, that right side next week. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be tough in the Prem against the wingers. You know, we've seen St Maximum give City's defensive run around today. It's going to be really tough. But you've just got to, with Joe as well, he's just got to try and stay on his feet a bit more. He does like to lunge in a little bit, which in yes. the championship, he kind of got away with because what he could do in the championship, he kind of go in and dive in and try and block it. Whereas in this league, someone will go by him and it'll, that lunge will just bring him down. So, yeah, the, the header at the end. But that was that was an individual error, it was. And But like I said in my previous comment, I just thought as a team, we went into a shelter, into a shallow once we scored. And it was like, can we kind of see the game out? Which, like I said, is natural. But I just thought Everton was on the road. And I thought if we'd have kept playing how we had, and then when it had got to injury time, probably sat back a little bit more. Mm. I think we probably would have won the game. And in the end, once they got level, it was you kind of went back to that typical Forest DNA before Steve Cooper come in of we're going to get beat here. And then yeah. it nearly did happen, that mistake at the end. And thankfully, you know, we've got a very, very good goalkeeper. I've been mightily impressed with Dean Henderson since he's coming in the three games. Um, yeah. Thankfully... You know, he stood up big, didn't he? And Gordon tried to put it over him and he saved it quite well. So it's one of them. It's three games in. No, he can't defend how he did at certain points yesterday. And at Newcastle, he's got to he's got to keep himself off the yellow card for a start. I think that would probably be the number one thing. And you're going to get punished more often in this league for individual mistakes. But, you know, I'll give him, personally, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, there's no room for sentiment, like I said, in this league. But I'm hoping more of the team gels. You know, Joe's probably one of them who can improve his performances because, you know, like I've just said, you can't you can't get away with much in this league. So it's um, it's a learning curve for him and a learning curve for everybody, really. I'm sure he wants. I'm sure he'll know. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, to be fair to him, obviously, like, you know, Barring that one time he's, he was, um, like we said, he dived in on Ben Rama at West Ham. He was very solid in that game. So he, he can yeah. do it at Premier League level. And we've seen him do it as well, like against Liverpool, he was solid against... Um... Yeah, I mean, for me, that was his best game last season as Liverpool. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Obviously, Leicester um, as well, so he scored, but other than that, yeah. he was very strong. Yeah, so, and that was when he apparently, was it broken ribs he was playing yeah. with or something? So, or... like, obviously, like... Yeah, he, not, can. yeah he can do it. Like, I, yeah, I, I, he's I, just doing it consistently. Yeah, this is it, and like, and yeah. obviously the mag. I think the um, no, the microscope is obviously much more widened because it's a Premier League. But um, I think to be honest, I, obviously I, I'm not going to write him off yet. I don't think anyone should because it's just silly. But what I did find particularly upsetting was that we've seen, you know, and I get this obviously case, especially on social media. Obviously, everyone has their favourite players, right? And everyone's going to defend them. But what's annoyed me is that we've seen fans again similar to the Yates fiasco before um, like when they're defending Worrell they're then deflecting that on other players in the team like I saw one person say oh you were mentioning Worrell having a shocker at Everton but why has no one mentioned Lingard hasn't scored any goals yet it's like that doesn't make it okay like we're meant to be backing these players don't be a dick about it so I just I, as always we'll call it when we see it if someone does something bad we'll say it and vice versa you can't like You've got to be objective about these sorts of things, but I just yeah, thought just, just before that, that really uh, Karen, just before I let Adam come in, I think it was Roy Keane who said this years ago. 
He says most professional football, or every professional football, has a Premier League performance in them. It's just about consistency. You know, them guys at the top level will do it nine out of ten times, whereas the lower you go, it'll be less. They'll do it seven out of ten or five out of ten. And, you know, Joe can do it at this level, as you've seen in the FA Cup games. I know it is an FA Cup, a bit different, mm. but, and you know, he's decent against West Ham, apart from the Ben Rahman one. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. The thing is, it, it's not up to us, is it, at the end of the day, as fans. I couldn't imagine seeing Kit Steve Cooper dropping him, personally. No. Not unless, it was, right. not unless it was prolonged bad, I think. Yeah, and, and plus, at the minute now, you've got Nia Carter's out for a few months, so exactly. your options are yeah. dwindling a little bit. for that Adam come in. Yeah, Adam. I think what Joe Worrell does bring to us, though, is that composure on the ball to be able to play it from the back. There's a lot of times where he does get it down and we'll try and pass through the thirds kind of thing rather than just straight out lumping it kind of, kind of thing, if you know what I mean. And, and he does offer that sort of thing. Is he probably trying a little bit too hard? Yes, because he did this crept in towards the end of the season and obviously like the Sheffield United game where he got absolutely skinned by, I think, Njai at one point or Gibbs White even. So he's got he's going to learn. He's got to learn because he is quite an honest person. He's come out in the past to the media and said and slated people's performances. Mm. So he'll be no no uh, no mug to having it himself because that's how you you've got to be if you're going to give it you've got to be able to take it and I'm sure he's a strong-minded character and he will take every any bit of advice on 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 board and, and hopefully we'll see a better Joe Worrell for it my other thing is would you potentially I know it would be harsh on Cook but would you potentially move Worrell into the middle and bring in Biancone or, or NMBA so that can still do that role is a bit quicker maybe just to help out because Worrell can still play that central head it and kick it kind of central defender it's it's an option that Steve Cooper's got nowadays so it's an interesting one he, he's he'll have, a, he'll have a, a long week of training I think to to get over it and I'm, I'm sure but at least it didn't quite avoid at least it didn't avoid like lean get towards as losing or anything which is lucky it's for, it's fortunate but yeah it can't keep happening no, I suppose like the like the thing is everyone is capable of bad performance and you know I like I, I think everyone was bad against Newcastle, so I do feel it's a little bit harsh for fans to just single out Worrell. But equally, like some of the defending that we saw yesterday was just like, but by his standards, especially, was so so beneath that. It was very surprising to see. But you know, it's done now. It's like all we can do is move on, and I'm sure he'll be better for it. He'll learn from it as a player. He's still very young. We have to remember, like comparatively speaking, he's not like a thirty year thirty year old doing it. It's like still he's mid twenties. So we we'll have to see what happens. But um. Moving on to another player, uh, I obviously, as we touched upon earlier, Adam Williams may have like played grey on, but another game where he's looked like he's impressing. I mean, the fact that more people are sort of like, you know, obviously we're not going to wade in on it completely, but the fact that no one's really mentioning Jed Spencer's name is probably testament to how well Williams is playing. Have you warmed to him now, Christian? Because you really were like against that transfer. I think, yeah, he's he's... Like I said, I mean, at a time, I think if he plays well, it's in everyone's benefit. I just, I didn't personally see it, but I'm starting to see it now. I think him and Spence are different players. Me and my friend said this um, at the West Ham game. Uh, Spence is an athlete and Williams is a footballer. He's got obvious qualities on the ball and he's a tricky player. He can go past the player like Spence can. Maybe not in, in that frightening running style of pace and, and powering past people, 
but he's definitely got the drop of the shoulder and can go past people and he's got a great delivery but set pieces is, is a concern for me of, of him taking them because he's put one into the stanchion last uh, into the into rose Z last week obviously and we look a, le- a lot less threatening from set pieces at the moment about Jimmy Garner, obviously his presence in the team. So I think that is a concern in terms of our way of scoring goals this season because it was a, such a, a big weapon for us last year. So that is something. But no, I've been impressed with Williams. He's looked really good. I think even defensively surprised me because I think that was our main concern, really. Can he defend? And I think he is a wing-back. He's not a full-back, maybe, as, as, as we've all mentioned. So, no, he's been really impressed. A lot of them have impressed me. Toffolo's come on last two games, as Reece said. Lewis O'Brien and Mangala have done well. Mangala got absolute huge plaudits yesterday. He's become everyone's favourite footballer. So, um, And he's, a, he's an uncle to Morgan Gibbs-White after two hours of being in the team. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of positive to take. And... It's good because I mean, like, and obviously, he had he was given a run around at Newcastle when Joe Lindsay just uh, breezed past him. But other than that, Williams, like you said, he's been pretty solid defensively. Like, I know obviously, again, he had a bit of trouble with Ben Rama, but he was still putting Ben Rama into what I like about Williams is that when he gets beat, he's very dogged. He'll get back in position to stop it being dangerous the second time rounds. So you'll see, um, like, we saw it Ben Rama last week. Like, Ben Rama couldn't actually get down the line because like, Williams was there already, he had to come back inside and try and get a shot from the edge of the box in because he couldn't physically get to the byline. Williams is there in a way. So, yeah, it's pleasing to see and uh, long may it continue. And yeah, finally, obviously, we've already touched on Henderson's brilliance uh, all rounds on the pods, but uh, Lee, one thing that was very pleasing from the Everton game was that, again, uh, O'Brien and Mangala, that pairing looks very strong. And obviously, Mangala had to come off. But uh, just what, what was your thoughts on them as a midfield pairing? And obviously, like, they've been thrown together, but it does seem like as if they've been playing for quite a while together, which is quite nice. Yeah, they've got the shirts now, I think. For me, we, we talk about the new players and the, the bench looks so much better on Saturday, which is great. I mean, to leave a, a player who was captain in Atalanta in the Champions League last year sat on the bench is, for a newly promoted side, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's certainly competition for places. Uh, but but at the minute, I think it's... We've said it a lot. Cooper is a big fan of keeping the same 11 players if things are going well. So, I think, as we've seen with Mangala. I think Cooper's kind of confirmed now that it was nothing serious and it was just a bit of fatigue. So I think with the Premier League being a, a little bit more demanding, then we're probably going to see these players maybe rotated a little bit more than than he did in the Championship. Um, but yeah, Mangala in particular was absolutely incredible, Everton. He was unbelievable. Um, just everything he did, whether it was blocking, blocking chances or intercepting the ball in the middle of the park or passing passing to you know other Forest players. It, it was just so effortless and he is one player that has come into a new league and he just doesn't look phased by it. He looks like he, he's been destined to play in the Premier League forever. So um, that was really pleasing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great conundrum for Cooper now because I think if you'd have had, if we'd have had our cent- all of our centre midfielders that we've got now available for the last six weeks, I'm not sure he would have picked those two to start the season. Mm. Um so, yeah, it's, they've kind of been thrown together. Um, circumstances have dictated that they've been thrown together. So, yeah, I mean, long may it continue. I, I wouldn't be considering dropping either of them for Sunday. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'd rather Steve Cooper than me when it comes to those decisions, I guess. That's why he's paid the money for those decisions, I guess. But, no, it's, it's very pleasing to see and um, it's good. It's I think that's the most important thing. It's good that we have got strong options there and that you know, it's, it's a good selection headache to have rather than, you know, 
wondering. But um, yeah, good signs and long may that continue. Anyway, moving on from the Everton game, as we touched upon at the uh, top of the programme, it's been a bloody mental week, Forrest, and I suppose it's been capitalised, Reese, by Forrest completing a club record fee of capturing Morgan Gibbs-White from Wolves, completely out of the blue. Uh, we're all looking at you know, French reports and all this stuff about our arch will come on to in due course and who else we might sign with this money. And then suddenly John Percy and Aldsine come out with 25 million up front. Uh, it looks like 10 million if we stay up and then 10 million if we win the Champions League. Apparently it's such a frivolous European clause that like, it's never ever likely to be paid. But apparently Wolves are just happy to cash in. Um, so Gibbs White for 35 million, which is realistically what it's going to be. Uh, how do you feel about that? And obviously, I know he looked very, he looked very good as we touched on yesterday. But how do you feel? Obviously, CP is on one target. Are you pleased we've got him in the bag? Yeah, because as, like you just said, he was Cooper's number one target. So when the manager, who's absolutely adored by the fans, wants him as much as obviously he has, then you kind of got to say, well, fair enough. On the face of it, it is a bit overpriced, no denying that. Um, I think twenty-five million. Probably up front is fair. Obviously, the add-ons, it depends if they happen. You'd hope, you know, we stay in the Premier League, so we do pay the 10 million. To be fair, you hopefully pay the whole transfer fee because we're going to be playing in Conference League or whatever <laughs> that happens. So, yeah, like I say, you know, it, he's literally been, we've been pushing for him all winter, haven't we? So it's obviously one that's not gone away. And the other thing as well, it's not as if like, Gibbs White has come out and said, oh, I'm happy to stay at Wolves. I think it's been pretty clear he wants wanted the move. He wants to play on the Steve Cooper. So, you know, it's. I think that's a good thing. And I thought he'd come on yesterday and he did well. Um, won't go as far as saying he was unreal, like I've seen some fans put, but he come on and did well. So did Brian Yates and so did Kuyata as well. I thought, I thought all the subs mm. come on and did all right yesterday and made an impact. And, to be honest, I think Gibbs White won't be too long before he's starting for us. Um, would surprise me starting at Spurs. Fair, I wouldn't surprise me even if he started Tuesday and Sunday. Um, just get some. I know he has played for Wolves two games uh, before us, but just get some minutes in the legs for us. So, yeah, come on. You know the the one bit of brilliance, one tip right in front of the away fans where he, you know, shuffled in between and um, two Everton players with his skin, Nathan Patterson, actually put a good ball in. Um, good clearance. Yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to him. He's, he's a good player, he's a talented player. Still, still young, still can improve. You know, like it, like I've just said, um, wants to work on Steve Cooper. So hopefully, we'll see him over the years. He plays for us a very good player. Definitely, I think it was very telling in his um, interviews where he was like, "It's finally done," and like you know, you can tell it had been going on for quite a long time. Like, I think he even said himself, "Like this has been in the pipeline for ages. It's just takes." It's just, Finally getting it done over the line. But um, no, you, you make a good point about Kiyato as well. I mean, that reverse ball win to um, Toffolo at the end, and then which Yates unfortunately couldn't keep down. But that was that was a really good play and, and a good, very good. He actually crunched someone as well quite early on, which, you know, is a big lad, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's not, he's not a small guy. Um, but you, can, you, can just, you can just kind of see, really, like with him as well, when he come on, he put his foot on the ball, and that's what I like at this level. That is something what Lingard. I know he's had a little bit of stick, but that's just what Lingard is good at. He can just put his foot on the ball and he'll literally have a look round. It's not like hot potato. He'll have a look round and he'll try and pick a pass. Um, so, yeah, I like on a free transfer for a couple of seasons at 
with a bit of Premier League experience, can play centre half as well. That looks a bit of a no brainer, doesn't it? So, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like Steve Cooper said, don't he calls and finishes, finishes rather than substitutes. So, mm. he brought on three players yesterday, two of them in an attacking sense, who made an impact. So, if we can do that with the likes of Dennis, Froiler, other players as well, then that's good. Definitely, definitely. And um, although, Adam, what it does mean, something is right, is that the, uh, um, obviously, interest in Morpé and Alwa has now obviously been completely called. So, with Morpé, it looks like, depending on who you believe, like I think Romano said it, that we had a fee agreed of £15 million, pounds, but didn't agree personal terms. And then, obviously, Fulham and Emerson have gone in for him since. Although, it looks like that's apparently stalling, going by what Graham Potter was saying. Um, and as for Alwa, it looked like, going by the French press, that, you know, we had agreed a five-year contract with him. We dealt with the, the prickly customer that is his agent. We Arsenal had like publicised battles with in the press, um, and then obviously only to find the director of football who says to Forrest, "Meet this fee." Forrest meet that fee, and then he comes back and says, "Actually, no, I want this fee instead." And um, so Forrest walk away. But I think obviously it's, it's worked out for the best because Cooper's got his number one target. But are you particularly upset that we're not going to get sign either of those two players? I think I'm more upset. About the Awar signing, just because of his his experience, obviously playing in top top uh, top division of France, and I think he's represented France, if I'm not mistaken, at least once. Yeah, he's yeah. he's um, so for Algeria now, so switch. Right. Well, it's a difficult side to get into that France side. They've yeah. about three sides. It's that good. That it's, it's ridiculous how much talent they've got. They've got it coming out of their ears, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But. No, I mean, Champions League experience, he, he's done it at, at various different levels. So it would have been exciting signing to have. And he's kind of fits the profile. He's 24, so he's a good age to still improve and have that sell-on value if it came to it. But he'd improve us uh, in the short term sort of thing. But not that upset about more pie because Gibbs White can play in multiple positions as well. And we've got a, we've got a one year and you've got Johnson and you've still got Surridge, obviously, still at the club who's... Who's going to offer us? He's more of a squaddy, so it's kind of you can kind of keep the team a bit more happier. Whereas I think more power would have expected to start. I think that would have mm. maybe upset the apple cart a little bit. But just going back to Gibbs, why I think it's it's a bit unusual that if he really wanted to come to us, how he's managed to play two games for Wolves. I'm not sure if that was Bruno Lars trying to convince him to stay because if he came out and it re- was really like publicly he's very affectionate towards it. Yeah, he was he yeah. was saying within the next two years he won't be shocked if he's one of the best players in the Premier League. So. Mm. And I don't think you'd say that for the hell of it. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's a credit to, to him to obviously come and say that. He obviously wanted to keep him. Maybe it was a bit, little bit out of his hand, but fair play to Gibbs White for even playing if he wanted to leave. So that shows his attitude is, is in the right place as well. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to see what he can do. And obviously having worked with Cooper, you kind of, you feel like that's a combination that's going to work out pretty well, you'd hope. So yeah, time will tell. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a success. I'm very much looking forward to his uh, reign on new number 10. Good times. Um, we've seen leader Niakate is sadly going to be out for at least two months, which in theory could mean that he doesn't play Forest again until after the World Cup because of that break. Um, so we're, we're in that weird sort of phase. Like, you know, where towards the end of the season, whether there's like four weeks left and the media then report like, oh, he's out for the rest of the season. It sounds like really, really bad. But in, in all, like, you look at it objectively, it's, it's not too bad. It is similar to the Akata now because I mean, realistically, he'll be back in what 
maybe the start of November. So realistically, with his hamstring injury, that he won't be back until after the World Cup, which obviously is end of December. So we has seen that Forrest have now been shopping for a centre back. Obviously, uh, John Percy broke that Forrest have moved for Willie Bolly. Uh, the Mail have said that we're going to go back in again, raise our bid to two million pounds. Do you think he's the answer, Lee? I mean, he's very. In terms of profile, obviously he's much older, much more experienced. He's a what's it, six foot five, I think. He's quite a big, powerful bloke. Um, do you think that's a fair, a sensible decision to try and get him in, or are you a bit apprehensive? Um, I'm a bit of both, to be honest. I think it would be nice to have a bit more Premier League experience than the squad still. Um, but at the same time, looking at Willie Bolly and what he's done in the last couple of seasons, he's hardly played. I mean, to ask him to come in and kind of I just wonder if he's going to come in as a bit like Kriate in the sense that Cooper is happy to throw Cook in there as a replacement for Niakate. Um, and he's kind of signing Bolly to sit on the bench. Um, again, I don't, I don't know if that is the case, but I thought Cook was really good at Everton. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, nothing against against Bolly. I think he's, he's proven, he's played for some decent clubs, but it's just the lack of football that he's played in the last two years um, that, that worries me a little bit. Um, I mean, it's difficult because we're at the stage of the transfer window now where teams are thinking of of kind of battening down the hatches a bit. And if they know we've got a centre-back that was going to be integral that's injured and we want to go for a, another, say, between 24 and 27-year-old, they're just going to put a £5 million premium on it and it's going to cost us a fortune again. So I think that's probably why we've looked at Bolly as sort of like a cheaper stopgap uh, with the intention that, when Niakate is fit again, he, he will slot straight back in. Um, but yeah, like I say, I, I'd welcome it. I, if if Steve Cooper went and signed Damian Perquist, I think I think I'd back him to get the best out of him. <laughs> that that's just that's just where Cooper sits with me. I think we, we've seen so many players come to the club, and even even now we've still got people. We get links with a player, and it's oh, don't sign him; he's rubbish. And it's like if Cooper wants him, if Dave Murphy wants him, then you know what? Crack on. Let's see what he does. That's a fair point. It'll be a bit very interesting to see how the window ends, obviously, if he does come in. Obviously, we've seen now Regulon's been linked on loan. We've seen that Saul Jorier's been linked today on a free transfer for, to, for backup for Williams. There's that Hasaboa from Atalanta as well that's been linked. So it could still be quite a hectic end to the window yet. But, of course, that is the most pressing concern, I suppose, because, obviously, we are now a centre that light. I mean, if you look at it, it depends how it might allow for Mbeso to go out on loan if Bolly comes in. Um, it's, yeah. It is an interesting one. I suppose I'd, I suppose if we get one cheap, it's maybe not the end of the world. But like you say, I mean, it was, I think it was 11 appearances he made for Wolves last year. It's a bit... Yeah, I think it was 11, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not like a PL regular here, although he has played consistently over the last four years, I suppose. Mm. But as you say, whatever Cooper wants is what he wants, and we'll go with that. Anyway, finally, we're going to wrap it up and look at some predictions Forest have for the first time this season at Double Game Week. We have Grimsby Town away in the... Carabao Cup, obviously Formula is the League Cup, but well, Energy Drink Cup, whatever you want to call it. And then we have um, Tottenham Hotspur at home on Sunday, which you can watch as part of Sky Super Sunday. We had our full thirty kickoff. So, race we'll start with you. Obviously, we touched on a little group chat. We think we might see Forest go to a four at the back for Grimsby and revert to type against Spurs. Um, but what are your predictions for both games? Well, the Grimsby game is the typical banana skin, isn't it? especially now you're a Premier League team. Um, it'll probably come with its scares on the night, but I fully expect Forrest to win that game. Even with a much rotated side, we've still got some real quality. You know, if you 
Safety front three was, I don't know, Gibbs, White, Dennis and Mike. And that is a lot of pace for a League Two defence. So, yeah, I'd expect us to win that. And to be honest, I know the Premier League is a priority. Um, but I'd like to see us fight on all fronts, really. You know, and Maranakis will, you know, he said that, didn't he, when he, with his emotion, got the better of him when they got promoted, you know. You know, what was it? Get ready for trophies. So, I'm guessing these are the two trophies, the FA Cup and Carabao Cup, which you all look to be strong in. So, yeah, um, looking forward to it. And it's a new ground for me. So, I'm going to go 2-0 for us for that. Nice. Um, like, I think, you know, like I just said, there will be the odd scare because what happens in cup competitions once it gets lower league teams. But I'd expect us to see that job out. <laughs> Spurs at home. Um, exciting game, very exciting game. Um, you know, Tottenham are, well, you know, what can you say about Tottenham? Very good side. I wouldn't say they've got really into their straps yet, um, what I've seen of them. Um, but you just know if they do get into the straps and they can beat anybody so that with the forward line they've got you've got arguably the best striker in the world a very very good left sided forward and um, Kuleski's come in and done really well plus for Charleston so they've got a really good side um, I do think we can get a result there I really do um, and I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw um, <laughs> to win it would that be asking a bit too much probably but there's no I mean, there is plenty of reasons why we can't win it, but at home, we've got to make it a fortress. And, you know, Tottenham have in the past wilted as the, you know, look at Chelsea today, who would have said Leeds would beat Chelsea 3 0. So it is possible. Mm. Um, but I'm going to go for 1 1 join that game. I think that'll be a very good game. Um, I think we've, we've seen in the three games so far in the Prem how much the pace is. I think you'll see another level when we play Tottenham. And, yeah. You know, you've got Young Winston coming forward and that, and Harry Kane drops into that tandem team. Plays like a put on the roll as well as a striker. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's a good day, hopefully. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what about you? You're for the two games. Uh, Grimsby, as Reese has touched on, a bit of a can be a bit of a tricky one. Obviously, they'll be they'll be right up for it. But we'll have. I think our rotated side will be chomping at the bit to try and impress because I think there are some places that are obviously still up for grabs and obviously match fitness to be gained. So I expect us to go fairly strong while still resting a few. You might see a youngster or two on the bench or something or even thrown in. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Oli Hammond featured in pre-season. I won't be shocked to see him at some point, if not start. So we'll see about that. But I think I'm going to go with Reese's prediction, I think 2-0 at Grimsby. And then Spurs... I mean, we're talk- I'm talking to a Spurs fan during the Grimsby game or just before anyway, just preview. So that's going to be an interesting one. And I- I'm probably going to get accused of being up their arses because they're probably one of the best teams in the country, aren't they? So it's going to be tough. But watching them against Wolves, there's no reason why we can't really frustrate them, especially at our place and, and hit them on the counter and, and-, and really get at them. And I, and I expect us to-, to have a real good go because we're going to see it as a as a free hit. Steve Cooper won't see it like that. He'll see it as a game that we can go and win. But mm. my head, my my heart says one one. My head says we'll probably lose two 0 to Tottenham. So kind of two predictions there. Okay. We'll take uh, we'll, take, we'll take the more positive one, I think. <laughs> and yeah, so finally, Grimsby and Spurs predictions for the week ahead. Well, I mean, the Grimsby game is an interesting one because you look at the bench. You probably think that all the subs from the weekend will play. 
Now, Grimsby must be petrified at that concept of potentially seeing Gibbs White and Dennis up front. And <laughs> it could be a really exciting second string, couldn't it? Uh, in a bizarre way. I think we will win. Um, but again, I'm not going to go down the route of being too detrimental towards Grimms because as we know on this podcast, these things bite us on the arse. <laughs> um, so I'll, I think we'll win. I'll go for, I think, let's go for a 3-0 win, I think. 3-0, yeah, nice. And that's provided, obviously, if I see the team sheet and it's, it's more of a younger approach, I mean, the 21s play on Monday, don't they? So we might get an indication of whether some of them are going to feature at Grimsby uh, when the team comes out for that. So... Yeah, I, th- I think 3-0. I think if we go with the team that I think he's going to play, I think it'll be 3-0. Mm. Uh, and then Spurs, really tough game. I suppose it's like the first game where you look through 1-11 to of the opposite team and probably 9 or 10 of them are comfortably in the world-class bracket. Mm. Um, so that, that represents a challenge, but I think on home soil, do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we went and got something again. If the atmosphere is like it was against West Ham, um, and we can make it a little bit tricky for them uh, on the pitch. I think, I think we might get a draw. Um, I, I think both teams will score. I can't see, especially with Niakite missing. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. If I'm being totally honest, um, so I'm going to go for a two-two draw. So all goals galore. <laughs> Love that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it comes to. I, I actually, I think Grimsby again, I think well, we've all sort of made very, very valid points. I think that it's it's not a dead rubber game for us. It reminds me a bit of when we had Fleetwood all those years ago at Highbury when they first got promoted into the Football League. And um, there's, that, there's still that famous image of the guy just like on the back of Andy Reid, just basically like crunching him, <laughs> literally on it, like giving him a piggyback and just reads it on the floor, just like sprawled. But um, I think, yeah, that'd be very professional 2-0 for us win, I think. I don't think it'd be like a a hammering or anything like that I think uh, a lot of a lot of valuable minutes for those who have just signed like I touched upon like your Dennis your Froilers um, etc good minutes for Yates as well I expect Yates to start in that game um, obviously it'd be interesting with us at the back but I think it will be back four personally but again good options for Cooper to have and really if we're going to take that risk you think playing four back against Grimsby is probably a bit lower risk than it is against say Man City so I think, yeah, 2 Forest win. And I'm also going to agree with Reese with Spurs. I'm going to be very optimistic. I think we can get a one-all draw. Um, again, obviously, we know this league. We know, like, as Adam said, we will go out to win that game. There's no two ways about that. Um, I do I do think this Spurs team are a bit of a different beast. I think that the Wolves game showed that. I think that, like, I think Glenn Hoddle touched upon it as well. I think last year, or even the season before that, they probably would have drawn or lost that game. But they, they signed... Um, it's like a few winners like Perisic, their team. They seem a much more physically imposing team. So they're like bigger, stronger, mentally stronger. So I think, um, I don't think they'll be in, in position if, if where they just will or anything like that. That said, I still do think that we can cause them problems. And who knows, if we take the leads, you never know. You just never know. But um, yeah, I think realistically, take a one all. And if we leave, like, if we get five points from those four games, then it doesn't even matter what happens at City because that's a brilliant, brilliant um, reco- uh, total hit given the fourth hardest start statistically, apparently. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, the Spurs game falls on Bank Holiday, so we'll try and get that out a few, um, slightly after Bank Holiday weekends. But yeah, hopefully, Forrest can give us something to cheer about for the Bank Holiday as well as like the next round of the Cup and hopefully something against Spurs too. We will see. Anyway, until next time, go on your Reds.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 